welcome to the Alternative to Rehab podcast with your host, Dave Cooper. A lot of the time when I'm teaching this approach, uh, uh, the main questions appear to be, uh, what is this authentic state? Um, You know, how do we get into it? How do we uh, know when we're in it? How do we stay in it? And so on. And so uh, this is incredibly important. Uh, Everything starts with your state, right? So um, I'm going to talk about that today. Um, We're going to go into it a little bit more. And we're going to find out that Jesus uh, tells us exactly how to do it. And it's all there in the Bible when we look for it. And so we're going to go into this today and say, look, let's, let's go from Jesus' teaching, right? Let's learn from him. What is this state that he's talking about? What is this uh, thing that we need to do that changes everything, right? Well, let's uh, start at the beginning. And let's say that everything starts with your state. Remember, that's, that's one of the uh, tenets that we stand on in terms of the approach, everything starts with your state. What does that mean? It means that the quality of everything you do, your relationships, your production, whatever it is that you do, the quality of that thing is dictated by the quality of your state. Now just think back to the last time when you tried to do something and you were in the wrong state. You know, maybe you were under pressure to get something done, you were so angry about it because you, you know, it shouldn't have been left to the last minute, whatever, right? The point is you're not in the right state to do it. It doesn't get done. It doesn't get done well, right? So the idea of everything starting with your state is, is it's uh, confirmed many times in the Bible that, uh, you know, the Bible says, guard your heart right which is your state your your core because everything that you do flows from it right so this is confirmed many times so what do we mean um, when we say uh, that we we need to get into this authentic state well if we were talking about this last week actually in the group and and I was saying that in Matthew 7 and I think it's from verses 21 to 29, Jesus is saying, if, if you listen to my words and put them into practice, then you're like a wise man that builds his house on a rock. In other words, it ultimately all comes down to behavior, what you do. Uh, put them into practice, he says, right? Now, I get that. I, I believe it. It's in the Bible. It's absolute truth, right? But what I would say is this. Remember, that when he says put them into practice, that starts with how you think. So whatever you do, when he says, you know, you've got to put it into practice, you've got to behave this way. Yes, but it starts with thinking this way. And, uh, you know, this is very easy to show you um, why this is so important. You know, because if you look at the Pharisees, um, you know, he, he called them whitewashed tombs, you know. And he says that to the disciples, he says, your righteousness has to exceed theirs. And yet, if you look at their behavior, they were following so many hundreds of rules. They were about as religious as you could get, right? But Jesus said, on the inside is all decay. 
And what he was saying was this. He was saying, your behavior is good, your thinking is not. So just, just digest that idea, you see. In, in the modern church, you know, we have a lot of people who are doing the right thing, but are not thinking the right thing. So what are we saying? We're saying your behavior starts with your thinking. Why? Because you, it's perfectly possible to do the right thing, but not think the right thing. But twist that around and say, if your attitude is right, if you start thinking the right thing, then it's, it's automatic that you start doing the right thing. Do you see the difference? So that's why we say that everything starts with your state and everything starts with the way that you think. So, uh, we're returning there to Romans 12 verse 2 and why we call it, uh, why we call our group and our, our approach transformed is because Paul says don't be conformed to this world. In other words, don't be in your flesh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not your behavior, by your mind, right? Thinking differently. So what is this authentic state? Well, let's give it a name first. The Bible calls it your Christ-mindedness. The Bible says, who has known the mind of God as so that we can instruct him, and yet we have the mind of Christ. So your authentic state is Christ-mindedness. In other words, this is who you really are. This is who you actually are. And this is your real self, not who you've been trained to be, not who life has forced you to be, not who trauma makes you be, but who you actually are. So it's in there, right? And this is the biblical approach. In other words, you're not uh, flipping back to this medical approach and saying, no, but I have to find out what's wrong with me. I have to find out what's broken. I have to find out what's, uh, what needs fixing. No, your, your Christ-mindedness, you've invited him into your life, right? Revelation 3.20, see, I stand at the door and knock, right? He's knocked on the door, you've invited him in. You have the mind of Christ, right? So how do we, if, if we've sorted all that out, then how do we um, begin to understand this state and begin to achieve it and use it um, and, and to really understand how to make progress here, how to be transformed? Well, the first thing we want to say is don't force your state. Uh, what will typically happen if I teach this is that people will immediately jump back straight into the medical model and say, oh yeah, I get it. This state is exemplified by calmness, clarity, uh, curiosity, and creativity, uh, courage and confidence, and connectedness and compassion. That's how I need to feel. That's my Christ-mindedness. That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. That's what it comprises of. So I need to force that. I need to be more calm. No. Step back. Don't force it. That is stepping straight back into the medical model. What I want you to do is notice your state. I want you to look at your state. So when you uh, are about to try and do something or you're about to try and talk to someone or you're about to try and face a difficult situation or whatever it is that you're doing, I want you, if you can do it, 
right? And it takes practice, so don't uh, have a go at yourself about all this, right? Remember, stay in a good relationship with yourself. I want you to take a moment to ask yourself, what is my state? Now, if you've been triggered by some kind of event or some kind of difficulty that you're facing, then you will naturally be in the flesh. You will naturally be in the wrong state. And your brain will be trying to protect you and will be guiding you in all kinds of safer ways, right? Whereas your Christ-mindedness is about courage and confidence, right? The Bible says that we boldly enter in. So, what you're doing then is you're doing a process that we would call inner discipling. You're talking to that part. You are discipling that part. You're saying, trust me with this situation. And the authority that you speak with is the important thing here, right? Because this is uh, what happens at the end of Matthew 7. It says the people were astonished because Jesus spoke as one with authority, not as the um, scribes. In other words, they weren't just um, teaching around a subject. He was telling you, this is the truth. So that authority is recognized. It's not about shouting. It's not about bullying. You will know. And you're, you know, if any of you have got kids, you'll know that they, they listen when you speak with authority. That you can ask them to put the toys away or whatever you need them to do, and they will know if you don't mean it. They will know if it doesn't matter. But they will also know when they hear that tone in your voice that says, now I mean it. Now, that authority is important. You'll know when you've got it because you will return to your Christ-mindedness. And that will improve the quality of what you go on to do. It takes practice, okay? Think, always remember when you're doing this, that it took Jesus three and a half years to get the disciples into a position of trust, right? Even in the last moments, they were still not quite trusting. So that work of getting them to trust him, that's what you're doing on the inside. So when we talk about what, what does it really feel like? You know, we can talk about these eight words and so on that neuroscience has given us, but what does it actually feel like? Well, let's go back to the Bible and let's go back to Jesus' teaching to really get to the truth of this. If you turn first of all to Matthew 19 and verse 13, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Wow. Right? This is when there were crowds of people and they wanted to bring the little kids to be, you know, for Jesus to place his hands on them and bless them and pray for them and so on. And they were trying to stop them. But Jesus, you know, he just comes out with this important lesson. He says, don't stop them because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Now, what does that mean? Well, the first thing we have to do is translate the idea of the kingdom of heaven. The, if, for the kingdom of heaven, think about Christ-mindedness. Right? In other words, what he's saying is, they are in the right state. Right? They're saying the little children are in the right state. Now, I know that's not completely confirmed in Matthew 19, 13. We have to go back 
if you will turn to Matthew 18 verse 3, to really have it confirmed. To really have that idea of state confirmed. Matthew 18.3 says, And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you, know, if you become like a little child, you know, uh, you're not going up to heaven. You're not dying and going to heaven at that moment, are you? So he's clearly talking about your earthly state. He's talking about now. And he's saying, uh, well, I'm going to chop it into three um, sections here because it's so important, right? Because Jesus is literally telling us here, what is your authentic state? Okay, so let's chop it into three. The first section is, and he said, truly, I tell you, or verily, I speak to you. I've looked in all the different versions here, um, and I, I find this a, a fascinating exercise to look at um, the, the different versions um, all together. Um, and most of them here say, you will never enter. You will not enter. You will never enter. You know, you're looking at 50 odd English translations here and they all say that. So the idea of um, the first section, truly I tell you, right? Let's look at that and understand that simply saying this is the truth. This is the truth. You can stand on this. This is the rock. Right, you can stand on this. He's saying, and you know, he's not saying, "I'm going to give you some biblical truth." Now, he says, "I'm going to give you the the truth." Right, truth is truth, whether it's written in the Bible or anywhere else. If it's true, it's true. Right. So the first thing is to set up the the proposition. This, what I'm going to tell you, is true. Okay, simple as that. The second part, unless you change and become like children. Right. Well, of course, we could talk about that all day of what becoming like little children uh, means. But the first thing to say is, what does he mean unless you change? Well, again, here we look at all the different versions uh, and we get a lot of difference here. And I think this is really interesting because, all, you know, some versions say unless you be converted. So what does converted mean? Unless you repent. So repent, conversion, you know, we tend to think that now as of that as uh, coming to believe in Christ and coming to church or something, buying a Bible or something. But what he's talking about here, and you'll see certain versions say, if you don't turn your lives around, which of course is repentance, right? Turning, okay? Uh, unless you change, if you don't change, I'm just reading from different versions of the Bible here. Unless you are converted, unless you're turned around, unless you be converted, you must change your thinking. These are all different versions of the Bible. Unless you uh, turn, 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 yes, turn, change, or turn from your sins, except you be converted. Unless you change and become like little children, unless you change. So, really interesting, really interesting, right? Um, you must change. So... I'm saying that the, the, the change that he's talking about is unless you become um, in, into your authentic state. And what is that? Well, 
how does it feel? It's going to feel like being like a little child. That's how it actually feels. Now, think about being a little child for a moment. Okay? Before we get to the, uh, the, the, the eight words, just think about the idea when you were a little child. Now, some of us have very difficult childhoods. So, of course, we're talking about um, your standard kind of child's uh, state. They're not under pressure, are they? Right? They're not stressed. They are playful. You know, just think generally about their state. They're ready to play all the time. I have a four-year-old granddaughter and she will play 20 hours a day if she can stay awake. And she, all she wants to do is play with you. Now, if we get to the eight words and we say, are the are ch little children calm? Well, they get very excited, you know, they're very playful. But generally speaking, in terms of stress, in terms of um, anxiety and stuff like that, yes, they're very calm, right? And then go through these words. Are they clear? Yes, they, you know, they're, they're, they're clear. This is mommy, this is daddy, I know my world. You know, they've got clarity. But they've also got curiosity. They want to learn, they want to know. They want to try things out, they want to play. And they've also got creativity. They're ready to paint at a moment's notice, you know? Like you give any child a paintbrush and watch them go. You know, you give an adult a paintbrush, what happens? They go, oh, I can't paint, I can't draw. You know, stress comes in straight away. You give a child a paintbrush, they'll just, finished, you know, fantastic, right? But also look at the courage, right? Look at the way they're ready to run off, climb trees, whatever, right? We don't tend to let them these days, but that's unfortunate, right? But courage and confidence. Look at the confidence with which a, a little child will say, uh, that man's very fat, daddy. You know what I mean? You'll get truth from them. They've got absolute confidence, right? But look how connected they are. They're ready uh, I took my uh, granddaughter to a play area the other day. By the time I'd sat down and turned around to see what she was doing, she'd already made three friends. That's connection, right? But look at how compassionate they are, right? Y you can even see the compassion even if you give them a cuddly toy. I mean, we wrap their um, hot water bottle up in, it's like a cuddly toy cover, and they absolutely love it. You know, and the compassion, like if you, if they see on the adult's face a bit of sadness or a bit of difficulty, they will immediately connect with that and immediately they're um, engaged with that state. So the so that hopefully that gives you an idea. What is it that tells us we're in this right state? What? What is it that, that tells us that it's, it's like being a child? Straight from the mouth of Jesus. The third section, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, the kingdom of heaven, I want you to translate, at least as long as you're alive, okay, as your state. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus talks about it all the time. I urge you to do a study on it. Right, but most of the time, you'll notice, although there are certain lessons he gives to the Pharisees, most of the time he's talking about while you're alive. 
He's talking about now, right? He's not talking about sitting on a cloud somewhere after you die. He's talking about now, right? Remember when that guy comes up to him and he asks a question and, and, and he answers correctly and Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven, right? He's not saying you're going to die today. So I want you to understand this, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven unless you do this, as you will never get in the right state. In other words, you will never have the Holy Spirit within you and become what we call indistinguishable from God by doing the right thing, by thinking the right thing, by saying the right thing, by saying what God would say. Right? So, Again, looking at Matthew 19, 13 and Matthew 18, verse 3, just take a look at that and ask yourself, when I'm about to approach something, am I approaching it in a playful way? Am I approaching it in a creative way? You know, am I open-minded and curious? Or am I fixed and have I got an agenda? Am I calm? Am I clear about who I am and about what it is I'm trying to do? So, look, I hope that helps you. I hope you've got a lot from that to say, right, let's, you know, it's given you a little bit of clarity as to how to understand this stuff and how to translate some of these biblical words and the teachings of Jesus into uh, our state and then our state translates into our behavior and our experience. Great, there it is. So until next time, blessings, bye for now.